The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, heal your deepest hurts, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have a very special and exciting guest, Sophia Renia Morales. And she's going to share with us her amazing story of going from a global strategist and biophysicist to a radio host and spiritual teacher. Hi, I'm glad to be here. And thank you so much for joining us. And Sophia, I got to know you from being a guest on your radio program, and it was amazing. And at that time, you started to share a little bit about your very own story. And I think I folded the pages over in my mind because I was like, you know, this is something definitely that my listeners would also love to hear about because what we do a lot of times on this program is really focus on intuition and how we tap into our intuition. And I think that your story is an example, and you will correct me if I'm wrong, but about how sometimes it takes those hard knocks in life for us to sort of wake up. Yeah. I, I say that I'm a muggle turned mystic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is and, beautiful. And it sounds lovely, but the truth is I was raised by a German and a Norwegian. So I have a double dose of stubborn and stoic. <laughs> and in this case, the stubborn played really hard because in my youth, there was a lot of focus on, you know, what you need to do to be successful. And anything that was not real center mainstream, my mother saw it as being of the devil. So wow. any of this like mystical stuff or psychics or intuition, it was like, no, <laughs> you're possessed by Satan, right? That was kind of the, the background I was coming out of. So when I was younger and I was having prescient dreams and these kinds of things were happening, I suppressed down really, really far. Um, the only thing that I kept of my intuition was I always knew the answer to the questions, which is really handy in school when you go to take tests. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so that I remained tuned into because I could explain it away. I have a really good memory. Right. And so I just go, well, obviously I heard that someplace. And so I could explain that away. So that was the only part of my gifts that I did not completely repress and deny and sink miles and miles underground. Wow. And it was only when I was in my middle 40s and I had gotten to a point in my life where I was extremely sick that I started to open up to the possibility that maybe dialing into my intuition was a good thing. I ran into Candace Pert and Molecules of Emotion and some of these intuitive books written by scientists. And that kind of allowed me and gave me permission to think about, well, this might be a possibility. And I was introduced to muscle testing at that time. 
And that was acceptable to me as well because it was replicatable. I couldn't right. tell you how it worked, but there are many things in science we can't tell you how they work. We just know that they're replicatable and therefore okay right. in the scientific world. <laughs> yeah. And it's concrete too. We've had a yeah. couple muscle testers already on the show and it's, it's such a nice tool because it's, it's concrete. You can see it working. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's a yes or a no. And if you know how to properly structure your questions, it, it's a very clear guide to what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. And so even before my awakening, I had accepted that there was some of that kind of thing going on. And my awakening, that was a whole different deal. <laughs> okay. So, so the illness was when you started to like open to the fact that, hey, maybe there's more, maybe I need to be tuning into these other channels of information to help me. And maybe there's more here based um, on like your, okay. I didn't go that gently. <laughs> you didn't go that gently. All I right. didn't go Fair that enough. gently. I, I, ha I was diagnosed with longstanding Lyme's disease. And if okay. you have chronic Lyme disease, it's the relative of syphilis. And if you know anything about having syphilis for a long time and untreated, Right. It eats your brain. Right. Okay. And Lyme will do the same thing. It does it more slowly and not as dramatically as syphilis does. But I had gotten to the point where I was having trouble remembering things. And I was talking ah. to my mom and searching for words. And my mom is a full 30 years older than I am. And she's okay. like, you've got more problems than I have. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is not a good situation. And so I was using my muscle testing to like try to find the right doctors to go to and this sort of thing. And I finally got the diagnosis of the Lyme and had started the conventional treatment program for that, which involves a lot of exotic antibiotics and right. they rotate oral and IV and the, the treatment plans are just amazing. Right. And the problem with Lyme is it's toxic when it's alive and it's worse when it's dead. And so Correct. you get much sicker before you get better. And the first round of antibiotics they put me on, I got really sick. I thought I was having trouble with my memory before. Now I cannot sleep. My brain will not go through the sleeping process. Yeah. And I remember what went five minutes before. If I remember what I did that day, I can't find the words to tell you. The analogy that I give is it's like you go out to the garage and the garage is gone. <laughs> And you go, damn, oh and you shut the door and you turn around and now the house is gone. That's kind of the way it was with my memories. It's, it's like you, you reach out to where it's supposed to be, but then it's not there. Wow. It was a really frustrating spot to be in. And we were in a place where we had few options. My husband was working full time, but for a fraction of what he usually worked for and was also going to school full-time oh to gosh. get his MBA. So he had more on his plate than a body should deal with. And then he had me on top of it because I couldn't hardly care for myself any longer. I couldn't keep up the house. I couldn't make a meal. Right. It, it was awful. And in this, I'm two thirds of the way through this first round of antibiotics. And I know that they can do what they call a clearing IV, which takes some of the toxins out and it boosters your immune system and this sort of thing. Right. And I know I need these, but it's 250 bucks. We're in bankruptcy right now. Right. We don't have control of our money. And if I go get one, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. So I'm, I'm just kind of sucking it up and sucking it up. I had a better day and I tried calling the insurance company to see what they would do now that I have this two-year treatment plan that cost me $24,000. <laughs> oh, my God. And 
I called him up and the bottom line was we'll do 30 days of oral antibiotics, which I'm most of the way through that already. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thinking to myself, well, can this get any worse? And then she says, oh yes. And you should know your doctor is no longer in network. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so not even the office visits to him are going to be covered, let alone, you know, exotic IVs, IVs. and that kind of crap. Right. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, the only resource that comes to mind is dad. Maybe, you know, he can help us out. We know what it is. If we can get me better, you know, I can get a job. We can pay him back, right? So I had a call with my father, and that day the bank of dad was empty. And I've, I've knocked on every door at this point. I've, I've, can I get another job? No, I can't even take care of myself. My husband can't do more. Dad can't help. The insurance company is not going to help. I, I don't know. And I went to bed that night next to my husband. And I would say I went to sleep, but I didn't go to sleep. I had gotten into the habit of kind of meditation to sort of refresh myself, but I wasn't actually going through a sleep cycle. And it was about 3 a.m. And my brain had been bouncing off of all the walls trying to find a way out, a way through. How do I get there? Because I could see the keys to my cage and they're just beyond the reach of my fingers. Right. And finally, I just got so exhausted. I completely surrendered to the situation and there was only one other place to turn. And I said, God, this it's been decades. <laughs> do you remember who I am even, right? <laughs> right. I said, God, I will do anything to get better. And this little voice in the back of my mind said to me, really, anything? And I didn't respond back straight away. I thought about it for a second. If I'm talking to God, he's not going to ask me to hurt anyone or become a serial killer or anything like that. So yeah, anything. And I got my first miracle because I fell asleep. Wow. For the first time in like four days. Wow. And so I had some sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, this thought arrived in my mind that I need one of these IVs to hell with how it gets paid for. And so I went in to get the clearing IV and the doctor walked through the infusion room, which he like never does. <laughs> and I, I got him to come over and talk to me. And I said, look, you know, here's the situation with the insurance company. And he says, oh, well, if insurance is out of the picture, we've got a naturopath herbalist in the office. Insurance never pays for him, but if insurance is out of the picture, he's half the cost to see that I am. And he has amazing success wow. with Lyme disease. And I went, okay, <laughs> <laughs> now I know where I'm going next. <laughs> and so I went to see him. And while I was waiting in his waiting room, there was a little book on the end table that said the emotion code on it. And it got my attention because emotions I've never known how to deal with. I would, as I mentioned, raised by a German and a Norwegian. And what they do is they shove it down and they keep on going. And so that's what I've been taught. Just shove right. it down, press on that's regardless. That's what many of us have been taught. Yes. Press on regardless. Okay. Just make like it didn't happen. Keep going. So I grabbed this book and I'm like looking through it and I'm like, it's, it's intriguing. I can see it involves some muscle testing, which I'm already familiar with. I'm like, okay, so this could be good. And then the owner of the book came back for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to order the book, right? Right. And one of the things that is in this book is they teach you how to clear old shoved down trapped emotions 
and heart and heart walls and i knew for a fact i had heart walls before i even muscle tested it because tell people briefly what we've actually had other emotional code practitioners on the show but if you could just explain a little bit what the heart wall is, because I think that's really good information. It's such a powerful concept. It is. And if you are a highly sensitive, highly intuitive person, you've probably built a bunch of these to protect yep. yourself. And what it is, you, when you shove down an emotion, your body has to store it someplace. Okay. And so that knee that's always bothering you or the shoulder that's always right. bothering you is probably one of the places that they've gotten stored. And if you're a sensitive, intuitive type, you will use these pent-up emotions to literally create an armor or a wall or a fortress, if you will, around your heart, because it's a very tender thing. And frequently we'll begin doing it in response to an early trauma and then continue building around it as other major traumas occur in your life. And I've always known I had one because I had a boyfriend in college and he was the first person I ever allowed in beyond that wall. And uh, he was a bad choice, by the way, <laughs> to allow beyond that wall. But I can remember deliberately allowing him through that wall. So you intuitively knew that I have this thing and I'm going to let this person in through it. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. I didn't know what it was or why it was there or anything at that point. But I knew that it existed. So I, as I was going through this book, I was in a hurry to get to the heart wall section. And I started taking my heart wall down like brick by brick by brick, really deliberately and aggressively because right. your body will only let you do so many. And I would push it to the maximum every day. Right. right. And the cool thing about emotion code too is, although the last guest that we had talked about how she uses it with clients, you can absolutely use it by yourself. And it's very powerful that way. It, so it's it's so hugely cool. powerful and it's wonderful DIY. And you can, you can learn it from the book. Because, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I didn't have the money to go out and see practitioners, but I knew I had shit I needed to heal. Yeah. So <laughs> it's such a good program. You can absolutely do it right from the book. We, we read that in my book group. I host a book group and oh, um, yes. so many people, and including the person who was on the show, Robin Friedman, not too long ago, took that book and ran with it and use it in their practices. But a lot of other people, you know, use it DIY for sure. It's beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I do use it some in my healing practice, but mostly I assign homework. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Go get this book and do this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's beautiful. And that way we can spend the time in our sessions doing things you don't need me for, or you need me for rather than the things right. you don't need me for. Makes sense. So anyway, as I started taking this heart wall down, weird shit started happening and shit that the scientists did not like. <laughs> Okay. I I had every psychic experience known to man. I saw ghosts. I spoke in tongues. I saw past events. I saw future events. I read people's minds. I would ask what is going on with that person. And I would get these intuitive knowings of what their backstory was that led them up to this point. And the scientist in me went apeshit. Right. It's like, there has been more damage done to your brain than you realize at this point. You're clearly losing it. The men with the wraparound coat are going to come take you away to the rubber room. <laughs> right. And we've talked about that, that sometimes when you have those intuitive awakenings, it can be really hard, especially if you have a scientist's mind and you are skeptical of all such things. And then these things start happening to you, even though it's, you know, the harder it is to deny that they're happening, the more you think, oh my God, I'm losing it. 
Yeah, exactly. So I can totally and, relate to that. And I spent about two weeks going through this. I'm speaking in tongues I'd never learned, right? Yeah, <laughs> that one, I haven't had that experience personally. <laughs> every single thing that happened, I found a way to write it off. And I found a way to write it off. And God wasn't going to let me off that easy because I came home from grocery shopping. I pulled into the driveway and my neighbors were going in the house or more accurately, she was staggering under his bent over weight and he was clearly in a great deal of distress. And so I leave the ice cream. Let's go take care of them. This is the important thing. So I helped her get him in the house and she says, I've got to go call his kidney doctor for an emergency appointment. It's getting so much worse. And so I'm in the living room holding his hands and I know them to be very devout people and his eyes are closed and his lips are moving and I know that he's praying and I'm not real comfortable with staring at him while he prays, nor am I real comfortable with praying. I mean, my first one was two weeks ago after like decades of silence. So, so I hear you. <laughs> so I'm holding his hands and I close my eyes and in my mind's eye, I see this little tiny flame. It looks like a pilot light that's on the edge of going out. It's doing that dancing, flickering thing it does right before it goes poof. Okay. And I'm given this knowing that that's his life force and that he's literally on the edge of leaving this place. Wow. And I haven't acknowledged who I'm talking to at this point. I just, in my mind, said, is there something we can do about that? And he drops my hands and he looks me in the eye and he goes, are you a healer? And I'm looking around to see who's talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you talking to? (laughs) Oh my gosh. This does not compute in my little scientific world. And I was safe from responding by his wife coming back in the room and going, we've got an appointment. We have to leave right now. So we hustle him out into the car and I scoot back into my house and I hide for a couple of days until I can convince myself that nothing actually happened. Okay. So I come back a couple of days later to see how he's doing. His wife answers the door. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Jay has so many questions for you. Oh, oh. (laughs) because I got zero answers. And I go in the house and he's in his favorite recliner, kicked back and reading and a little drink by his elbow. And he looks at me with a sparkle in his eye and he goes, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm like, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing amazing. In fact, I was doing really a whole lot better by the time we got to the doctor's office. I wasn't hurting anymore. And they ran me through all the usual barrage of tests. And my kidney function came back normal. It hasn't been normal in decades. Wow. I'm like, oh my God. And the scientist in me had to sit down and shut up because now we have documented evidence that this man's kidneys were done for in a scientific world that will tell you that kidneys do not spontaneously heal themselves. The only way you get better kidney function is by replacing it with a kidney that works. And yet, he has normal kidney function. And so that was when my scientific mind had to step to the side and accept that there is more happening here than we understand. And that part of that I will do anything is apparently using my intuition and allowing myself to be a channel of healing for people. And so that's where you find yourself today? 
that is roughly where I find myself today. That's you a know, beautiful story. <laughs> the soul never takes you like on this straight, wide highway no, down to where you're supposed to be. You know, it's always twists and turns and, and detours. But uh, yes, this is where I have landed. I work with people on clearing out the emotional junk that stands between them and their highest self and that divinity that sits inside of each of us that allows us to bring miracles into the world. That's beautiful work. I know, um, I wonder too, because I know in my own experience of, and it sounds to me like you were a little stubborn, <laughs> like that's amazing, that story and like what it, what it sometimes takes for us to, and it's not really stubbornness, right? Because it's really just a whole heck of a lot of conditioning that we've had throughout our lives telling us that our truth isn't real, right? And yes. so- for many of us, it just takes a, a like a pickaxe, you know, <laughs> to really like get through and go, oh, wait, no, the truth, it's buried all the way there. Yeah, I, um, I think of it as a two by four up the head, right? <laughs> yeah, or that, exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, your soul will kind of whisper to you and it will lay out breadcrumbs and this kind of stuff. But if right. you don't listen, I equate it, if, you, if you're a farmer, I equate it to how they they get cows in so they can work on them, right? You herd them into a smaller field and then you herd them into a smaller pen and then a smaller pen yet. And then you put them down a chute where you can close them into this little tiny space. And then you're going to get to do your work. Exactly. And then you are right where you're supposed to be. But if you're, if you're stubborn, that's, that's what will happen. (laughs) And again, it's not always stubbornness too, because you know, everyone has their awakening to the extent that we have one in a different way we're all called to serve in a different way. And we all come into this lifetime with different capabilities, stuff we're working on. So as amazing as Sophia Renew's story is, it's, and and I know many listeners are going to resonate with that because many of us have needed that two by four approach. There are so many different ways to get there. And wherever you find yourself right now is exactly where you're supposed to be and exactly the place that you can start to transform your life from. Exactly. Well, and never beat yourself up for where you're at because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. (laughs) Right. And it's also exactly, and it's also seeing the silver lining in those experiences. And, you know, I'm not sure when this show is going to air, but right now we are in the midst of a global pandemic. So a lot of craziness all around us, it's easy to get lost in that. And I think stories like yours give us inspiration to know that sometimes the shit's got to get real, you know, before we can find the light and find our way through things. And I think that's- Well, and here's the thing, when you're making a major change to something, whether it's your life or a building or whatever it is, if you're going to make a real major change, you can't just modify what's sitting there. What's there has to be completely scraped away down to the ground and you start fresh. And a lot of times when something like a global pandemic comes through or an industry implodes, right? And your life has like crumbled down around you. Right that's the moment where you really start being able to build something that that is perfect for you, that suits you ideally, as opposed to the thing you'd kind of gotten used to that was sort of kind of working. Right. Or what you thought you were supposed to build, right? Because a lot of times people live their lives based on this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing right now. This is what I've been taught. And it's not suiting you at all. It's like wearing a suit that doesn't fit. And once you bust out of that thing, you can go shopping for what you love. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly so. Exactly so. Well, and one of the things, you know, I talked about the herding the cows in so you can work with them and how that will happen around your life sometimes and you'll end up someplace that you never imagined being. Yes. Uh And this will happen because you are distracted by what your mind is telling you you're supposed to be doing and accomplishing and not hearing what your soul is telling you you're supposed to be doing and accomplishing. I love how you talked about that moment of surrender. That's where surrender is so powerful because sometimes we're trying to solve the problem with the pieces of, you know, it's like you're trying to solve the problem with the same energy that created the problem. And when you get in that spinning kind of state, you're just basically sticking yourself deeper and deeper into the problem. Whereas surrender is saying, all right, I offered this whole problem up to something bigger than me. And then I get out of the way. And that's usually when we hear the call of our soul, when we are saying, here's the problem. I don't know what to do, what the heck to do with this thing, but I'm ready for some new, some new inspiration, some new blood, some new ways. (laughs) And, you know, I find it always comes. It always comes as long as I'm willing to get out of the way and stop pushing the river of life and just, you know, and hear, really, really hear what the next step actually is instead of what you think it might maybe ought to be. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people often when they have losses in their lives and, and, you know, there's a lot of that going around right now, it's powerful because I always tell people you can't let go of anything that's intrinsically you or anything that you are meant to have or anything that's serving you. I mean, sometimes you can lose something and get another one, but... (laughs) But like in life, like oftentimes, you know, we're stripped of things that we don't need because we think we need them and we think they're who we are. But, you know, actually when we let those things go, we find that we're much freer and happier and lighter without them. And then it brings in room for new and better things to come in. Yeah. Well, and your story is a great example of that. Here's what I remind people of. Okay. You've been asking for something bigger and better right now you've got maybe a job or an apartment or a house or whatever it is and you've been asking for a more fulfilling career or whatever it is and in our minds we have an idea of how that's supposed to arrive right but what's supposed to happen is you learn about this job you apply for it, you get this amazing job offer and you go over there and you take it and it's relaxed and seamless Okay. And sometimes it'll arrive that way, but more often than not, life asks you to put down what you're holding onto and step away from it and hold out your empty hands. Yep. And so many of us are holding on to this old thing that we don't want for security and we're not available to receive that new thing that we've been asking for. And so because the universe is wise and merciful, it will pry us away from it. That's a beautiful way of putting it. So Zofia Reneo, if people want to work with you, tell me a little bit about what that would look like and how they would find you. How would they connect with you? Well, you can always find me at AskZofia, that's A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And I will have that in the summary notes. Okay, so you can send me an email there. I work a couple of different ways. I have two things that I'm starting up right now. One is I'm calling it a self-healing Saturday. And right now I'm, I have thrown away my pricing table because we are in a time when people need this more than ever. And if you have just lost your job and you're spending your last pennies to get toilet paper and food on the table, right. I don't want that to stop you. 
So I'm doing these on a donation basis. If you are still employed, please contribute. If you are not employed and you're in a bad space, don't worry about it. So I'll be doing self-healing Saturdays and then I'm doing World Healing Wednesdays. So if you feel like you are called to be a healer and you're here to help support this world through the pandemic uh, stuff, I'm starting up the World Healing Wednesdays as well. And so if you reach out to me, I can send you details on dates and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. And I'll make sure again that we have all of that in the summary notes because um, both of those are beautiful, beautiful opportunities and beautiful offerings. Yeah. So that's what I have on offer as far as group work goes. I am still offering private one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, and I do those in packages of four and seven. Oh, perfect. And if yeah. someone were to do a private session with you, what would that look like? Or a package of ses sessions? A package of sessions, because I, I don't do one-off. It's like remodeling your house. Right. If you do one session, it would be like me coming in and taking down a wall, hanging up a tarp and going, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, what we do is we have an initial consultation session where we determine what is the recurring problem or theme in your life that you've been struggling against. Um, sometimes with healers, it'll be a situation where it's like, I know there's another layer beyond this, but I can't get to that level. And so we go in and we clear out the repeating pattern. We renegotiate soul contracts, whatever is required to get you to that next level or to remove that pattern from your life. I have people who, who've had uh, legal suits that were coming in to like blow their life up. <laughs> right. You know, and we've worked with the patterns and things that were calling that in and completely derailed that. Uh, I've had love triangle problems that we've resolved. People who've literally been hit by Mack trucks and been told, to not expect any kind of recovery. We bring uh. them back into health and function again. So I, I kind of touch all of the different ways your life can implode. Right, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> and so we identify where your particular implosion is and we specifically work on the issues around that. And those always resolve. I cannot tell you how they will. You know, our brains have this idea right. of what we want to see happen but they always resolve, not always the way we think they ought to resolve. And there's usually a beautiful added bonus that comes with it. I had a lady who showed up because her, her money situation had imploded and she, was, she and her husband were dependent on her father for their bread and butter. And as we were working with her on her money issues, it became clear there were daddy issues. We worked through right. the daddy issues. And interestingly, she texted me after, I think it was the second session. Yes, it was the second session. She says, is it normal that I'm not hungry anymore? Wow. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I would say that's probably normal because it was abnormal that you were hungry, hungry all the all time. The time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, she since then has lost something like 260 pounds. Oh my gosh. And, you know, it's amazing what happens as an added extra bonus. She didn't come because of her weight, right. but we fixed it. <laughs> but when we are working from that intuitive place, as you know, right, you... You see what comes through, you follow those threads and, you know, you trust that the outcome is what the person needs and what's yeah. gonna, and you know, the miracles happen all the time. And you're right. They're not always what we think they're going to be, but sometimes a lot of times they're much better. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and at this point, because she worked with me for four sessions, two and a half, almost three years ago. And at this point, she has, she's no longer living with her father. She has a much better relationship with her father. She's discovered she doesn't need her husband in her life any longer. Right. (laughs) So she's now an independent woman who is making her own money and good money and much better money than her husband even made when they were together. So I'd say we solved that money issue. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. All right, we have to wrap up, but is there anything else that you would like listeners to know about you or any last minute things that you would love to share? If you're meant to work with me, you know, and don't say no to yourself because the truth of the matter is asking is the only way in this life we get what we want and we need and we deserve. So if you feel like you're called to work with me, do not eliminate yourself because, oh, well, I don't know how I would pay or whatever. Connect with me. Let's have the conversation because there is always a way. Beautiful. And that's, that's general advice as well, right? There's always that's, a way. There is always a way and you don't know the answer until you've asked. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful takeaway advice. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all of your magic with my (laughs) listeners. You're most definitely not a muggle. (laughs) So so I'm glad that you discovered that so you could share your magic. I'm now the thinking man's woo. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. All right. Thanks again and namaste. Life is hard and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.